What's up? Welcome to Deep Tracks Only. <laughs> I'm Cole Westbrook. Deep. And I'm Philip Hunsaker. Dude, it's really good to meet you. Thanks <laughs> nice for coming to today. Nice to meet today. you too, dude. Hey, yeah, let's shake hands. So if you are on the podcast, Philip and I just shook hands. Your hands are really strong. Thanks. Philip's known around the office for being uh, unusually strong. Just Tell everybody just on, a, <gasps> on the SI how strong you are. 12. And tell me what SI kind of means. Strength index. Strength index. Oh, you I got, got it. it. That's exactly what it means. Uh, I think it's because I work with a bunch of musicians. That's great. I think I'm like, oh, so, no. Yeah. yeah, strength index is good. We call it strength, yeah, strength indices. Strength indices. How do you get from index to indices? Uh, like, how, like, where do we do that? Is, like, that? is that a real word? Indices? Indices? Yeah, I think so. Man, it's the indices. It's and the edge it's, of the world. Uh, Strength indices. I think indices. it's like the. I think it's like the actual number of the index. It's not indexes. So, when you said twelve, I think that's your strength index number. But I think to shorten it, you would say twelve is my strength indices, which means index number Man. put together. I, th- I think that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, if you disagree with me, if you know that I'm wrong, please email <laughs> DTO. At uh, at walrusaudio.com. We need to know. Yeah. We, we can't need Google. To know. We Tell need to me, know. baby girl, because we need to know. I need to know. Oh, man. Uh, today, we've got a really good show. We do. So, we've got people that are stopping through on on tour. We've got the Midnight. Yes. So, Tyler and Tim, who are uh, basically do all the songwriting, production, album production, uh, for the midnight are in and not just all that they do. I think a lot of the visuals. Yeah. Um, a lot of the creative direction, a great, great branding. They do. It's so I mean, good. It's so good. It is good for, and we mentioned this, but it's good for a nice sad mo. It is nice. And, and kind of happy too. And just, sad, just for sad. everybody, if this is their first episode, can you tell us what a sad mo is? You want me to tell you? Yeah. I want you to tell sad us mo is. is when you're, you're happily mowing. But listening to sad music. Yeah. Kind of reaching for your feelings, you know? Doing lines on the, and I mean mowing. <laughs> just just doing snorting lines some the, lines on, the, on the, grass, the grass. Doing the like, lines on the grass patch, but maybe you're listening to Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. Or something like that. To, maybe every time you listen to Phoebe sure. Bridgers. <laughs> <laughs> I did go through, I did go through a phase where, where that was, that was just every Friday or well, every Thursday night where I was mowing. That was the thing. But I've since branched out to other sad. You know, things I think. Uh, Who's your mid- sad mo now? I have like a, I do the thing where, where you get on Spotify and it's like daily, the daily mix. We need a sad mo playlist. Uh, the daily mix has been great. So I just kind of hit, yeah. hit one that says like, uh, like Lee, what's the leaf? What's his name? Volacek. Vol- v- leaf oh, Volacek. Yeah. You know, like, the, like one uh, of those playlists. Is his leaf? It's, I don't know. I, I think it's Volacek. Is it? I think it sounds so. right. I think, yeah. I hate the day list because I love them, and then I forget to save them, and then I don't ever find that again. Yeah. Have you have you day listed yet on uh, Spotify? It's like a cloud. You yeah. got to You got to trap it, or it's gone. Yeah. You know. So Cloud or, Trappers is a good band name. Cloud Trappers. That's a real good band. Or name. just Cloud Trap, which is Cloud Trappers. There's something is, about trap at the end of a band name that really seals the deal like bear trap i think i said bear trap a you, did, you have yeah have i already said bear trap i think you did okay it's on my list for sure speaking of band names <laughs> like all crap this is the part of the show where we do band names before we bring the guest on and it is the best part of the show and the guest is usually the second best part yeah so what band name do you have today let me pull out my phone to look at this. <laughs> I had to do the same thing because okay. I usually bring a sheet, but I don't have the sheet today. Today we have heavy, H E V Y. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All it's right. it's a that's a good name. It's, it, okay. it looks pretty. Yeah. Is it like yeah? Is it one of those bands that have like the you know the O's with the strike through? You know. They should have an E with a okay. strike through. So it's basically, it sounds like chain smokers. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it is. It, <laughs> it kind of does. No, it doesn't. Oh. This, uh, this genre. There's nothing wrong with that. I almost went to a chain smokers show one time. The genre. That would be really fun. Is What's the genre? Bubble grunge. Sell me on that. It's hyper pop. 
Okay. It's <laughs> Bubblegum Bass or Bubble Grunge. Uh, and they, uh, their album is Open Mouth Sores. What? <laughs> yeah. What's your, is that your band name? No. <laughs> it's not my band name. You hate this, don't you? <laughs> uh, and then, uh, they're yeah, they're opening on a few dates with Olivia Rodrigo on her Guts tour. So, okay, they're doing good. They okay. paid to be on those. Okay, <laughs> they paid five thousand dollars. Oh, so, one of those deals. Mm, you yeah, gotta pay to play. Pay to play, and they had to sell a bunch of tickets because Olivia Rodrigo needs help selling tickets to her shows. D- is that true? No, that's not oh, true. I was like, it doesn't sound like a real problem. <laughs> no. I made that up. I made okay. that part up. Everything else is true. Yeah. Well, why don't you take this time to apologize to Olivia? I'm so sorry, Olivia. I know she listens to this. So Yeah. Uh, uh, who do you have? Fortune of Shrews. Shrews? Fortune of Shrews. What's a shrew? It's like a it's like a little mole. <laughs> like a mole. So, did you <laughs> I don't know about shrews. Uh, uh, it's like a would Shrew tell me about it? Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. I could tell Shrew about it. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> Fortune of Shrews. Uh, I feel like a Shrew is is it? It's in like all the children's fables. You know, it's like a, it's like an animal from. Oh, uh, okay. From the old book the fairy times. table. <laughs> from the old. <laughs> The old book times, back when books were around. Man. Yes. People sitting around getting lost in adventure and story of the book times. So that's when shrews are from. Shrews, okay. Yeah, but I believe that we still have shrews. Oh, Uh, so shrews are... Shrews are a real animal. But you believe we still have shrews? Oh, in stories I mean, I don't personally have any shrews. I I have none shrews. I have none shrew, shrew. I'm looking What's up, the plural of Oh, these are cute. Let me I've see seen these. Let me see them. Let me okay, see them. yeah. They... All right, so if you are listening, let me see this thing. Here we go. Okay, a shrew is a... It's like it, a mouse. It looks just like a mole. Yeah. yeah it uh, does look just like a small Actually, mole. shrews are small mammals with cylindrical bodies, short and slender limbs with clawed digits. Just say fingers, please. It's a science publication. We can't say fingers. We have to say digits. Uh, their eyes are small, but usually visible in the fur. Usually visible in the fur. Visible in, in the, the fur, fur is in a the, great band that's name. A, that is a great. Okay, so man, we're just so Fortune of Shrews. Uh, their album name, their debut album name, is called In the Fur. Oh, you just took it. Yeah, I did. You suck. <laughs> oh, and man. they're on they're on tour with My Morning Jacket. Oh, sick. Dude. So they're kind of man. like a, um, like. Like an a jam odyssey kind of band. Like they, their songs are usually like six to seven minutes long. But then when yeah. when they play live, they play for like an hour and a half, but they only get through like seven songs. That's a great name for a jam band. Fortune, Fortune of Shrews. I, yeah. I yeah, I'm kinda of with it. Um but without further ado, yeah. we've got a, a better band than Fortune of Shrews and Heavy. Yeah. Uh, we've got the Midnight. So Tyler and Tim from the Midnight. Here we go. Here we go. Can you put emojis in? Uh, I was just going to ask. Password. Smiley yet. face in a password. That's <laughs> that's the move. That'd be really great. This is what we've been talking about for a really long time. Uh, today is a special day. We have <clears throat> one of our favorite bands internally here at Walrus Audio. Uh, a great band for a date night. A great band for a drive on your by your lonesome. Mm-hmm. A great band for a quick workout. A great band for a long bike ride. All around, just a great band. Keep going. It's a soundtrack for life. Uh, today we have The Midnight, and we've got Tyler and Tim from The Midnight joining us for Deep Tracks Only. Welcome, guys. Thank Howdy. you. We're so happy to be here. Uh, Philip, do you want to say anything about this band before we go on? I'm just going to keep what adding do you to what you're saying. What you have to say about us, Philip? Mowing, just great nice. mowing band. Mowing band. Uh, mowing. Mowing. Great mowing uh, band. <laughs> have you uh, listened to your own music while you mow? No. Not yet, but that sounds like that's here's here's something, something I, I really do. do with the midnight is if I take my kids to like a play area, I just pop in some AirPods and just put on the midnight. Nice. Yeah, mm. Philip and I are also big fans of what we call what we dubbed here as the sad mo. Mm, yeah. Where you're listening to like emotional music, like mm-hmm. when you're mowing. Oh, you know? sad. Mo. Oh, it's not emo. It's sad mo. Sad, sad mo. mo. Love it. So you put yeah. on some heart 
heart music for the Mo. So yeah. little Phoebe Bridgers. Interesting. You guys must have very good uh, uh, earphones. <laughs> earphones. <laughs> we have earphones. We Damn, don't have earphones. Damn, I lost my hair. <laughs> I, I, I used to do landscaping, and this was back in the like the Sony Discman days, and it was all oh. uh, it was all ripped from Napster pop punk. Because I, I feel like the headphones at the time um, couldn't cut through except on the high end. You know, you could hear the guitars, but like anything bassy was just drowned yeah. out in the in the in the lawn mowing experience. Because you, I feel like you couldn't get like the the them tight enough. It's you know? true. You couldn't. Yeah. And because sometimes like on the bus you have to like do this kind of. Yeah. And then to really get the bass going. <laughs> yeah. I remember I had to do that. Yeah. And everybody's like, "Whisper, what are you doing?" And they beat <laughs> me up. Are you okay? Yeah. I have an electric mower, so I think I could I could rock the. How old big is your yard mower. for an electric mower? Seventeen. <laughs> seventeen. 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 Seventeen acres. Just the push push electric mower. <laughs> you guys not familiar batteries. with the American yard size chart? <laughs> no, this seventeen. 17. Okay. It's huge. I mean, uh, close to an eighteen, but it's it's considered a seventeen. No, it's a small yard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. You profile <laughs> profile the midnight for us because okay. it's not. I, I would could say it's not really just a band. It mm. is kind of an experience. So with that in mind, um, profile the midnight. Like, what is this brand you're bringing forward? Brand. I. It's, Oh, That's man. so interesting to hear. It's them fighting words. I feel feel like we're not qualified to say that. I feel like that's some other people's opinion, what they think it is for them. But we've already validated you. Yeah, no, I just don't know if we can <laughs> so, be like, well, what you, here's what do what, you think yeah, you're doing? Yeah, because well, we don't think of, like, we think of it all as one world, and it's fun to add to that world, mm. and it all kind of connects and talks together for the most part, and that's part of the fun for us. But we are not, you know approaching and like how are we gonna elevate our brand <laughs> you know in that sense but well, we probably should think of it that way because we, we should we this do need to sell more t-shirts where we're going wrong yeah. really yeah um I, I think i think tim's uh strengths are in you know he's our producer he's creating the sonic world and um it took a couple albums to for me to kind of figure out what my what I was doing, um, and I and I think the thematic world. I think that in the middle, there's there's this there's this universe that's being co-created with the fans, and uh, it feels like a conversation, and it feels like um, you know we we started with something that wasn't alive, started with a fabrication of a thing, and it is becoming alive, becoming a real thing. Um, I like to think of the Velveteen Rabbit as it is loved, it becomes more real, and I think that that's uh, that's the relationship that we are having with the with the fans. They're just helping us, to, you know, become more aware of the world that we're in. Are you, do you want to make us cry today? Is that the goal? Yes, that's the goal. <laughs> um, I had I had a Velveteen Rabbit. Did you also that went with the book? Do you ever love it as enough as well. for it to become real? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, no love for the Velveteen Rabbit. I certainly tried. So, okay, that concept uh, is is a little bit further left of just general, like, hey, let's start a band and yeah. do some albums and write some songs. So, yeah. so you really are trying to create a space where somebody can live for a few minutes. I think so. Where, who does that well before you? And, like, where did no that one. kind of idea come from? No I, right. love, I love you. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no one <laughs> there i mean to to peek behind the hood a little bit and it it took a, a a bit for us to figure out what we were doing but archetypally um like springsteen did it really well kind of Ooh, pa painting a pic yeah. uh, painting a picture of um you know mid 20th century blue collar america and he created a mythology yeah um other bands that have done that are like parliament funkadelic with with the aliens and uh, yeah uh i've been to a george clinton and parliament funkadelic yeah show. Uh, it's it's you know um alabama the country band have done a really good job creating a, yeah. a mythos Roll around the windows down yeah. turn the radio up yeah it's a great it's a great air. song yeah it is a good it's, song it's like almost coverable yeah. now but it's still a little bit silly cheap anyway. seats Oh yeah! Dude, oh my song God, gets me. That's wow. uh, that's our manager's favorite. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, but I think those three three artist projects do a really good job of painting this 
they're skinning the archetypes, you know, the, the, the wanderer, the, the desperado, the outsider, there's the, um, oh, you know, the, the crystalline, the, the femme fatale, the, I mean, all of these characters exist, uh, in, in myth, uh, in the Western canon. But I, I think some bands have been a little more aware of, of what they're trying to do. And we were just sort of given this beautiful sheen of, of, of neon and kind of retro future world. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, our, our, quest now is to to be able to skin these sort of fundamental narrative archetypes within this world and uh in that way make it a little richer and deeper and and weirder and something that we you know want to inhabit on stage for you know the the next 10 years yeah and everything you just said is beautiful and i hope that you know it goes down in the the manuscript we can write that out uh but is that what you also bring (laughs) to the table or are I bring you, exactly are you, the same thing are you looking at it from a completely different angle and is that why the duality and the partnership works well or like how do you see where like the creation process and and I, what you guys yeah. are trying to produce i come at it more from um suddenly we both we both approach it from a thematic standpoint but i obviously bring the sonic sort of that's my focus is the sonic palette for sure um and the themes but that's we do that together we'll mm-hmm. ping pong yeah um but i think tyler's gift is to really uh inhabit the world with soul and depth and you know philosophical questions yeah um yeah. whereas without that it would be a bunch of nice pretty stuff but well, yeah. i don't know that it would have the same depth and story to it yeah philosophical questions what do you mean by that i don't know but it sounded good (laughs) no i mean i mean that's um well i mean just questions about who 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 are we what is it that drives us why are we here what is it where are we all going as a human race what what are we searching for in life what makes us Uh lonely all the stuff that's the human condition without sounding too grandiose but no no no, it's good it is um and i think uh there's um there's always been, there's always, for me, what I love in music, whatever genre, but also I think in what I try to infuse, and I think Tyler does too in The Midnight, there's an element of there's love and there's loss and there's the pain and the beauty. And usually that goes hand in hand for me. So the chord structures and melodies, there's always something that's beautiful and pretty about it, but it's undercut or underscored by mm-hmm. a, a sadness a desperation for a, a, there's a loneliness there and i don't know if this yeah. means i'm a lonely person I don't oh know. no it's really good that uh, is yeah. yeah that's something like that what were you gonna say I, was, I think that's why i connect with it so much so because you feel pain and beauty. Uh, that's i yeah. think we all I th- yeah do. I mean, we all live with you know whatever trauma we 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 inherited we inherited and whatever emotional scars and whatever um uh, patterns we have to eventually let go of in this lifetime. Hmm. Um, you know, that's what music does, right? It, it, it's um, it's a way of feeling seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, going, oh yeah. my God, that, that, now I don't feel alone. Or yeah. whatever the feelings are bringing up, it, it becomes release of that feeling, yeah. you know? So. It's like the great artisanal exhale. <laughs> that's a beautiful way of live. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Well, it, it's important to have the you know, the fist in the air shouting, you know, it, it's good to have the happy songs too. But I, I, I think like Tim says, it's, it's important to, to make sure that it's on the other side of, of, um, working through and the sadness and the complexity and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Otherwise it's too cheap. So we do spend a lot of time in the Valley. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I live most of yeah. the time. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of live, you guys don't live in the same place. We don't. Right. No. Okay. So, we tried it, but it was too powerful for the world. Oh, <laughs> and I said, Tyler, you're going to have to leave. <laughs> Be too many Grammys yeah. if that LA happens. LA can't handle this level of golden talent. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, this spit me out when I walked in. That's what happened. Okay, so where do each of you live and how long have you lived there? Like, how did the band form, really? And then where, how, where are you guys geographically now? And yeah, we, we met in a session in, I think it was 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was sort of a great year to meet. Great, great, great year, year to meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we, and it's kind of like a 
songwriter's blind date, I guess, as uh-huh. you could say it. It's like we, you know, in, in we were both in the sort of uh, commercial pop songwriting world in LA when we met. And, and, and that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, People don't understand that in rooms no, no. all over Los Angeles, yeah, strange day. strangers are meeting and trying to write songs just all the time. Right now. Putting writers <laughs> and producers together. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. I'll remember where we are, but backtrack just a little bit, just okay. so, for everybody listening. How do people end up in these these songwriting groups? Lots of mistakes. Lots of mistakes. Yes. Uh, like, is it like a Craigslist ad? <laughs> yeah. Or is it something so, that managers no. put together? Yeah, usually or? if you're assigned to publishing or if you have uh-huh. a management and they're trying, if you're what's called a top liner, uh-huh. which is the, the people that write the lyrics and the melodies. Yeah. Um, in, in LA, they're called top liners. That's in what Nashville, they're called, they're they're called, just called songwriters. songwriters. Yeah. Gotcha. Because <laughs> um, in LA, it is still uh, in the pop world, very split up. You've got the producer mm-hmm. and then you've got the top liner. And um, but anyway, so usually it'll be some top liners will be doing three sessions a day, driving around like a couple of hours here, a couple of hours. Which can, if that works for you, great. Um, and some people, like, it I'm does not. Just work. Them out, yeah. I know it's <laughs> a uh, it's a LA. lot. Also, to put out that creative, like I've always thought to myself, how do, how can that be? If you're doing that three times a day, how can it be good, deep, good material? But maybe that's what you become less precious, and you just start yeah. doing what you're what's flowing through you, and that can be powerful too. So, so you find yourself met. you find yourself in one of these sessions. Yep. Sparks fly or fights fights. Uh, <laughs> literally I played some chords on the piano and I played one thing and I Tyler went, ah, nah, nah. then I played another progression and that ended up being the progression for the first song we wrote, uh, which is called We Move Forward, which went on yeah. the first EP. Mm-hmm. And then the, I think we wrote the chorus for Gloria <laughs> as well that same day. I I it's easy to gloss over this fact, but I come from kind of Nashville songwriting world. I'm I'm trying to write narrative, and Tim put on one loop, yeah. which was one one sort of chord structure, and I didn't. I was like, okay, I wrote the verse. Now, what's the other loop for the chorus? And he was like, yeah. no, it's this is it's the same. You write it over the the same chords. Huh. I was like, I don't, I don't think you can do that. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> I don't remember this <laughs> that, conversation. That's how it's done. And it, and it broke my brain to be like, wait, you can, you can just come up with another melody over the same chords and have your A and B part. And that's, and that was the the thing that unlocked it. And it was like, oh, great, yeah, yeah, this, we can do this. This is new. Uh-huh. Feels feels interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, from there, yeah, you guys have a couple of songs. Like, who? makes the the call or the suggestion of like we should keep doing this like how did that and where did the name come from and the art art direction and all that kind of stuff Hmm. i'm sure it was i'm sure it was a very cohesive business plan at all very very strategic (laughs) the planning meeting Um, has gone swimmingly yeah. yeah 10 years I ago. think it was like, well, this is fun. This is weird. What is this? We don't know what this is, and but it's fun. And so it was, uh, I think it took me about a year to put together the EP. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I think I was in the process of moving to LA or whatever. So once I was here, yeah, I spent about a year dialing in. I think a year later, we came back and we t- wrote, you know, Tyler wrote the verses for Gloria and we fleshed out that song. And then we did Kick Jumps and Red Wine and we did some other stuff. And so it took me, I spent a year on that first EP, the Days of Thunder EP. And then um, we, and then I remember we had thought about names. So we were, we were, we wanted to, we knew we wanted to do sort of a little project, whatever Uh that was. It was just a fun sandbox and there was no pressure. And I think for Tyler, it was maybe, I don't want to speak for you, but maybe it was a fun thing to do outside of your kind of folk world. And for me, it was like me expressing the artistic side of me that I couldn't in Uh producing for other artists, which is what I was mostly doing, what I I was doing. I was trying to write pop songs, but. I wasn't that good at it, so I'm, I'm better at writing folk songs. <laughs> hey, whatever. And then I just dress them up differently and we fool you all. Um, but yeah, I think that... that um, and then I think it wasn't until like 2015 when we were working on Endless Summer, I remember going, do you mind if I post some stuff from random like nostalgic looking images? And yeah. I liked doing that little, uh-huh. the whole editing little clips of movies and putting our songs to it and whatever creating that feeling there was a sort of um yeah there's something that happens that becomes more than the sum of its parts when you sometimes when you put together there's a, an emotion that happened I, I loved creating that so yeah it's kind of how it happened and then before this uh what were you doing you were writing folk songs before this yeah, i wasn't i was in a publishing deal in la okay. so i was i was writing i was writing pop songs they don't 
they don't really they don't do folk songs in LA okay. uh, in, in terms of like commercial songwriting. But um, yeah, I was I was writing with other people, um, and I had my solo project going as well, which is kind of a singer songwriter Americana thing. Yeah, is that still going or is it? Yeah, paused. I, I just um, I, uh, it's it's been a weird year. My wife was uh, not to bring it down. She was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma this like December. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're out of chemo. We're on the up and up. We're in remission. We're all, you know, on the way out. But, um, I've been putting together a record called the transcendentalist, which was, uh, I think a 20 something track record. Um, and I put out part one a month or two ago and I just, uh, I just submitted to, to mixing uh, part two. So yes, still putting stuff out. Um, that's yeah. amazing. So, and, and you yourself, what were you doing before the midnight came together and um, I had just moved to LA and I was, uh, I was trying a career as a producer and a songwriter for other artists. So that, that was what I was doing. Okay. Uh, I grew up in Denmark and, uh, uh, I was producing for other people. And so I, I had never ha- had any plans of being a touring musician or being, being a, uh, like having a band. <laughs> uh, and it just sort of fell, it kind of shaked, shaked out like that. Uh, shook out like that. Um, shaked it. It shaked it. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was one of those things that, yeah, I, I just think I got to a place where I was, I was in my early 30s and I was sort of getting to a point where I was a little, I was getting, I was tired, creatively tired of having to follow the trends and, yes. you know, uh, major labels trying to go, now do something that sounds like Get Lucky from Daft Punk. And now everyone wants funk guitar on their things. Uh-huh. Can you can you add that in the thing with the boy band? Sure. Okay. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you, you do that enough and you kind of, if you're me, you kind of get to a point and then you meet a guy like Tyler, you go, this is whatever this is, is really speaks to my soul and, and I could express sides of myself. Couldn't. Yeah. And I just realized I need to express those sides of me. And so some people are much, they function much better at, you know, I don't want to say chasing those trends, but like following those things and being really good at them and like creating their sound in that world. And I just realized I'm not as good as that. As that. I'm better when I get to have free reigns. And luckily, Tyler's very good about sort of leaving me to do my thing and I leave him to do his thing. And then we edit and win the, we, we pivot it and stuff once we get into the songwriting of it. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Um, and I think... Rick, we're moving into an age where, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is where you guys are. I think you, it looks like you guys have a lot of autonomy and hands-on in the creative direction and the production, yeah. Um, yeah. And, e- even in like where you tour and how you tour and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, just kind of a new age in the last two decades where it really is kind of more of the the working musician, like y- you are what you make it. Yeah. That kind of stuff. No, is no. that true for you still guys? Airplanes or? and cocaine for us. That's, uh, <laughs> so much cocaine. Airplanes and cocaine. Uh, no, the major label system didn't didn't work out for most musicians. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, we were. I mean, honestly, I remember the co-write uh, at EMI's building when they were. Uh, it had been sold uh, sold off as as you know one of the last major labels to kind of kind of get eaten up um and was there the day the the moving companies were moving everything out of emi yeah. and, and i just remember thinking i think this was 2011 2012 at the time and this was the transition from itunes downloads to spotify and it was mm-hmm. like well this is a sea change whatever is coming yeah i i hope there's some solid ground mm-hmm. and you know uh, 10 plus years into it i don't know that we've found the solid ground except that um Tim and I got older and and sort of didn't didn't want to have to capitulate to an A and R who was twenty three years old and and had had ideas about what we were doing that we thought we knew better. Yeah, and has that ever <laughs> happened? <laughs> what, have you ever experienced that thing you just said? Yeah, of oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh man, for sure. No, I'm kidding. It sounds like it's you the, have, the, they have a whole town called Los Angeles. Yes. For that. That's, it. <laughs> That's why they put them all. All the 23 year old and odds. You're in Los Angeles. I am. Yeah, right? I'm just outskirts of it. And you're not though. Where are you? I moved. Uh, so I was telling the story the other day. In 2014, uh, my wife, uh, she she was my girlfriend at the time, came home from work and said. I have to either find a new job or move to New York for my current job. So uh, we moved uh, right after we got married in 2014 to to Brooklyn, and we were there until uh, we moved to Atlanta in early 2019 after we had a kiddo. So 
Yeah. Long way around. So you're in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta after after all of that. But oh. mo- most of the last records were written when I was living in New York and, and flying over. I gotcha. Yeah. So so creating in, in um, new songs, new album concepts, like how do you guys do that long distance? Well, I know I what the answer probably is, but <laughs> I bet it's a lot different. You, you know, don't use the internet, folks. do you? <laughs> yeah, would think. I don't think it's much different than what it used to be. I mean, it's us you know, ping-ponging ideas and I'll work on some tracks and Tyler will be working on some themes and then we'll be like, I was thinking, or I'll be like, I'll, I've been listening to a lot of 90s trance and like I'm pulling from, do you ever heard of this game from 1993? And and uh, and then Tyler will be like, oh, that sounds kind of like that book from da-da-da and he wrote about oppression of the human race <laughs> and then it just stops. That's where it goes. And it's like, ooh, interesting. <laughs> I'm the fun one. So, no, this is really fun because I think a lot of, uh, and I've said this on the podcast before, like, you know, like I've finished like a, like a Cormac McCarthy book or something like that. I'm, I'm reading Blood me, Meridian right now. Okay, yeah. And it makes you want to go write music. You yeah, know? it does. So yeah. there's a lot of things um, that influence us that really produce songs. Where, like, how do you guys find new places to look or how do you guys come upon that? Hmm. It's it's like there's never enough, like there's too many places to go. I feel like we have to rein ourselves in a little bit yeah. every time. Well, then tell me where, like where you've been. It's like, where have you found surprising inspiration? <clears throat> oh God. And maybe where you are now. Um, a, that's a good question. That's a good, that's I don't good, know yeah. I have an answer for that. But we could, <laughs> maybe we could talk about like Heroes, uh-huh. the the last album we put out last year, which was the, the last of a sort of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. And that was continuing a story and f- the ending of that story of growing up and being a human being and all that stuff. But that was that album went through a long journey. And first, we wanted to be emo, 90s emo. Uh, and then we yeah. wanted to go like grunge. And then it was like 2000s blog house and very clubby. And then, and then we, and they were like, oh, we'll do all of it. And then I think we ended on, oh, wait there should be we should make big anthems we're going to go back to tour this should be something we can all sing along in a big room Mm -hmm. and we can enjoy that we're all in the same room again together and so we should so we pivoted some of the songs mostly in the production and the attitude or the guitar tones and and it became you know i was listening to i was diving deep on like def leppard and mutt lang productions and brian adams (laughs) yeah all that stuff to really try to kind of like, and we both agreed this was the direction where it felt like we were opening the doors for the party for everyone, the Mm -hmm. most people. Generous and heartfelt and sincere and let everyone in and let's just celebrate it. Also, also because that's what we needed in the Mm -hmm. middle of the pandemic. We were just dreaming about getting back on the road and singing these songs with other people. Yeah, Yeah. when you mentioned Def Leppard, what, what about that? inspires you to then transpose something into one of your songs is it like tones like all around like this like songwriting heart the it factor like what is it <laughs> if we could distill the it factor that would be very <laughs> yes could you uh, do I mean, for sure it's, the, it's the mud lang factor let's be honest it's mud <laughs> lang mud lang he's the, the producer, producer of the of the albums the the hysteria um definitely the sort of flagship direction sonically for, yeah. for the guitar tones those very clean metal guitar tones yeah that stuff um the the, the toto like steve lukather kind of lead tones like and royce yeah. our guitarist is like a beast and is super dialed to that so it was very uh-huh. natural fit um but yeah those things and then the big stacking of the vocals you know i was reading i was going down deep rabbit holes on the production techniques of mutt lang and his assistant his engineer and how they would stack the vocals and it was i remember hearing an interview with brian adams they were doing um Thought I'd Died and Gone to Heaven, which my one of my favorite songs of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Mutt Lang, yeah, Mutt Lang, I think, produced that. And they did 48 takes of Brian Adams, or maybe it was Mutt doing the BBs, 48 takes of the chorus. And Brian Adams went, he went, oh, that sounds really great. And Mutt just went, yeah, that's just the left side. You know, <laughs> so that's just like how you would do it. So it's like a hundred and, you know, oh something like wow. So it's the, the t- techniques of stacking the vocals and making it sound like when that... BB comes in, it's, you know, in, in our song Heartbeat on on Heroes, um, that's one one lead with Tyler and yeah. 
I think 64 of 64 takes of me singing if you could be my hubby that thing oh. with the horse like husky I was going for that I have that Brian Adams like where it gets a little raspy uh -huh. you could be that yes. <laughs> which is like not pretty but when you stack it and it's a little out of tune it uh -huh. becomes real thick and so it was like really me digging into those like nutty so things fun. So, I, I don't that. know if that I completely <laughs> got away from <laughs> no, that no, that is what we want <laughs> no, I, I think um I think part of what works well for us is that Tim is is kind of a perfectionist. It makes it probably doesn't make for like an easier, fun, uh, record Life. finishing you know process <laughs> for him. But um, I, he is project oriented, whereas I'm process oriented. I've got my nine to five in the studio every day. Yeah. My, my Evernote app on on my phone is is you know it's it's thousands and thousands deep at this point so i i'm i'm more of a shotgun just throwing stuff out there and when things start to click uh tim uh you know tim polishes it up I, i'm 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 not great at 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 the ending i'm uh, but i'm good at starting stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's your colby score just okay. Colby Index. You Colby. guys do the Colby Index. What's this? Oh, yeah, what is it, that? Uh, it, it it basically talks about like where like how, like when you are faced with something, do you like quick start? Do you um, do you research for mm. first? Do you you know all that kind of stuff? Hmm. Like you know how you react to interesting. Uh, keep telling me like, about the Colby Index. Well, I would like to tell you more. I literally just <laughs> welcome it. to Colby Talk. I just took it like two weeks ago. So we did it, we like, did it here at work. How have I not heard of this? And, no, and uh, Matt Danner actually here in house is is more of the pro. He's like barely, he's like pretty much certified in it. So you guys have to catch up with great. him. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna research, uh, but it's a great way how to work to, to co work together. You said something earlier, and I have no idea what it is. You said 2000s blog house. What is <laughs> that, was, that? That was you. <laughs> I never tell, heard of that. Let me tell you, youngsters, about blog house. <laughs> so, um. I went on this rant on Twitter the other day that people are like, what the heck are you talking about? Um, in the same way that the modern farmhouse isn't a real architectural style, like their modernism was an architectural movement. Farmhouses were like, you know, regional styled homes. They uh -huh. exist out, out in nature, you know, uh -huh. like they, they, they came about naturally. The modern farmhouse is a kind of like fabricated style, uh -huh. you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines are, you know, bless them, you know, they're doing good yeah, things sure. in the world, but um, it, it's, it's fabricated for TV uh -huh. and that's why that style exists. And Synthwave is a bit like that. It takes a lot of inspiration from, you know, 80s film scores and the, the Oberheim synths and the Juno and all, uh -huh. the, all of these sparkly moments. But it takes as much from like the early 2000s breakbeat indie dance stuff. It was called Blog House at the time. It's where Kavinsky came from. It's where The Weeknd came from. Yeah. Um, it was what I was uh, dancing to when I was 22 years old uh, at yeah. the Decatur Social Club in Atlanta. Um, and, and I have a, a huge affinity for that style of music and it's kind of kind of been forgotten. But out of that scene, like Diplo was a part of it, um, uh, it, it became a little less dancing a little more interior and a few more synthesizers arrived and we got bands like fm attack and Betamax and time cop and yep. future cop uh as tim says all the cops um <laughs> uh, but it came it came from an amalgamation of, of these kind of two worlds yeah. the, the synth wave purist is an, an amalgamation such a dental word Sorry. i really like it no <laughs> that's really good um but uh yeah so that's 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 blog house. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, I wrote that down. You're just giving me a lot of homework to have to do, like in a good way. <laughs> good. This is really fun. Okay. So, good thing you know your Colby school, so you know how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know how you're going to approach it. Quick, that. quick start. Yeah. Like, quick start. Quick guy. start. Yeah. Nice. So, what am I? Uh, awesome. Cool. Pretty, That's pretty a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> so great. What's your Colby school? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like one of those you use like the Enneagram and Colby score and uh, what's the other one? What's the other one? Uh, uh, FNGAT. Myers, uh, Myers Briggs. Myers Briggs. Yeah. Thank ENF you. P. ENF, ENF light. Yeah. ENF heavy. Um, <laughs> you can't name them like beers. What's your What's your Myers Briggs? Do you know yours? No idea. Okay. I really don't. I'm an ENFJ. Oh. Is that a J? Feeling thing? judger, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, Fe- a feeling judger. Feeling judger is a great band name. <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's important. We need, we need all types. What's the P? Wait, I am. I and FP. Perceiver. Perceiver. Yeah. What are the other letters I could have for the last one? That's it. What's your, what's oh, the, okay, I, cool, what's cool. FG, FJP? What was the next one? I'm an ENFJ, I think. Extroverted. Wait, how do you say FJ though? Feeling judger. Feeling judger. You said, you just said, you said you were an FJ and then you said you were what? Well, it's an ENFJ. I'm an English FJ. Oh, I thought you said something about a P. So I was like making a Extroverted. I'm over here making a whole band name for you. I've got feeling judge. Uh, I think intuitive. Oh, okay. I um, think, I don't know. This is the part of the podcast okay. where everybody listening <laughs> who knows about Myers-Briggs yeah. is like, I wish I could be Put it in right the comments. <laughs> because they sound like idiots. Except for Tyler. Tyler no, no, no. sounds smart. Or they're well, just that's because I have, and Tim I'm not hasn't to say too much right about now. it yet. Because I don't know so. what the F you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife's super into the Enneagram stuff right now. And it's funny because some people are very receptive. And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. I'm a peacemaker, too. And some people are like, did you join a cult? So I, I, she just moved to the South for the first time and, and we have to like talk about, you know, appropriate ways to discuss these sorts of things. Sure. <laughs> Where are you guys on the Enneagram? Uh, uh, this is fun. Okay. I'm, I'm philosophically, I, I am, I'm like kind of in and kind of out on, on this idea of labeling yourself because yeah, I'm at number though. I'm at number. Yeah, yeah I know you do. I'm a four or five. I'm a four or five. My wife is okay. a nine. It's fine. That's great. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't. It's fine. I don't, okay. I don't own that, you know? I don't own it. I am a four. I That's am an exactly artist. That's exactly who you are. Yeah. Is a four or five. We yeah. know, so we I'm know exactly yeah. who you are now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Once you label me, I knew it. I book. knew it. I know. It is such a four thing to yeah, be. Yeah. What a, what a four thing labels. to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's more of an eight, but yes, it's true. It is. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Tim? Where are you in the Enneagram? I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know oh, what an Enneagram is. So great. These are tests that we happily we bored people take to uh, to, to give <laughs> to ourselves meaning. Philip is a seven with a seven wing. I'm a seven. Seven wing. <laughs> it is. It, it is a seven as it gets. So it's I a mean, big seven. It is a huge, big nasty. It's like one of those sevens that has the little extra pretty line. Has a line through. I started doing that in high school, just as just as extra pretension. You know, <laughs> we've totally lost him. I know. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I'm just happy along for the ride. Listening <laughs> to the grown ups talk. I I have a question about uh, going back to the the working musician type style that you guys are uh, known for um uh, i do want to ask about like revenue streams so both you guys have to pay rent we you do. just got family sadly. Get uh all that kind of stuff rent. you know and there's like production costs with doing all this stuff so you gotta you gotta take out so a lot of people have to take out a pretty big business loan to yes. even start to tour yeah and then you got to make revenue while you're on tour to oh, be able to pay I back the loan. I thought this was going to be a happy interview. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait a minute. So why do I yes. feel anxious? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So where are you guys? You guys made up your because <laughs> you guys hit revenue goals yet? No. What? Uh, like how? Do, like where does most of your revenue come from? Or, or do yeah. you guys like are there levers that you guys pull to be able to kind of bring money in in certain ways or things like that? Do you guys put yeah. a lot of emphasis on merchandise? Wait, are you telling me there's levers one can buy? that just advertising to the build them making relationships (laughs) with with saudi oil money was very helpful the first few years because whenever we go on tour we just send an email and everything just shows up and elon musk shows up yeah and just loads a truck of cash um we we take uh we're on a label technically now the last two records came out on on a label what label uh ninja Ninja tunes label uh called counter 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 records Records. uh but we don't take tour support we never have uh we we bootstrapped it in the beginning and we continue to bootstrap it but we um we try and spend as much money as we can on production and personnel because uh, for tour for tour uh-huh. uh because i i think tim and i have both been starving artists for long enough that we recognize what a what a privilege it is to uh to be able to tour uh to be able to tour with a big band on stage and employ you know, 
good lighting techs and, uh-huh. and have a have a drum tech and all these sorts of things. We recognize how important it is. And we also recognize what a what a sacrifice it is for the people out in the audience to have to pay for parking or a hotel yeah. or a four-hour drive or a, you know, hiring a babysitter. There are so many ancillary costs. Speaking my language now. Yeah. I, well, I'm a, you want to go to a show? 60 bucks. It's true, man. It's babysitting. I, I, I'm a parent, you know. We recognize what a sacrifice it is. And um, honestly, what is the point if you don't do it with excellence? And I, I don't know that we would have had that philosophy if we, you know, stumbled into this thing in our early 20s. Mm-hmm. But we're old enough to recognize that um, this is a service industry in a lot of ways mm. and explain that just a little bit well there's there's a level of generosity that it that that just needs to be understood from the outset that that you know people aren't coming to to see us as as artists they're coming to have an experience and we want to be a part of that experience too we want it's a it's a collaboration it's a dialogue it's a moment in time that will never happen again live music is one of those magic things that that you know we have not thankfully lost due due to modern technological shifts um and we want to honor that space as as well as we can so yeah and tim you disagree yeah tim Holy. tim's just in it for the uh very airplane yeah. and the cocaine yes absolutely <laughs> a b and c <laughs> airplanes and cocaine <laughs> that's a lovely uh, call no i think i think what tyler said about us sort of um getting to this point later in our career, I think we means we don't take it for granted. We know how rare it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know how, it's so obvious, because it was all independent for so long, it's so obvious what role the fan community plays. It's literally the, the, the pillars the yeah. of the whole thing. And um, and so, so I mean, it's, just, it's very clear to us um, what, when we put a tour up, for sale, you know, tickets for sale for a tour, when people start buying them, it's like, but they did not have to do that. You know, yeah. it, it's always a bit of like, well, let's see how this one goes. Do you call them and be like, you guys didn't have to buy that. <laughs> yeah, we say, we apologize. We go, we're going to Venmo you back. But yeah, yeah, we'll see you in Oklahoma City, but we're so sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's it, it's very rare. And we, we've we been in the game long enough to realize how rare this is and what a sort of a... Um, what a kind of a unique situation this is for us. And it's an opportunity. Opportunity. And and cool. you mentioned merch sales. It, it's because of merch sales that we could tour in the beginning. We were paying for it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the merch sales were literally paying for the tour. We mm-hmm. didn't make a dime off the first bunch of tours. You know, we were paying Amazing. everyone. We didn't make anything. But it was <laughs> And possible. we're still flying by the seat of yeah, pants, by the way. We're still trying yeah. to, you know, an eventual payoff would be nice, but, um, but we're still I trying mean, to do as much as we can. You reinvest into it, and and but it also has, you know, all that said, it, it's grown into a, a a somewhat healthy small business that we are able to make a living. Uh-huh. Uh, we're able to pay our people, uh, you know, as well as we possibly can. That we yeah. want to, we want to pay them well. We have great people around us because mm-hmm. without them, all this falls apart. You know, yeah. like we're not qualified to do any of the jobs other than make the noises on stage, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, so we know how valuable that is. We're not a couple of like 20 year olds that came in and took it all for granted, uh, which I'm happy for. I, I remember my my mom always would say, like, I hope for you that you have success further down the line because um, then it won't be usually that means it's not something that came really fast and it can go really fast it's more sustainable and it's it's mm-hmm. got a stronger foundation and she's absolutely right and I feel yeah. it um, and yeah. we continue to strengthen that foundation and yeah, yeah. Um, what's your production crew look like right now? Are we 11? So who do you, who do you, bring, who do you bring out? And so we're five men on five not men one woman five people on stage yeah uh, we got our merch person Claire, we've got our sound guy Shane, we got our lighting guy Jeff, we got our uh, stage tech Ash, and our inner guy also stage check Chip, and then we got our tour manager Dan. Yeah, our driver, our, our truck driver, driver, truck driver. Yeah, all the, so with him, I think we're that makes us twelve, and then we got our other truck driver with. We have a separate truck with gear. And his name is Johnny, and he's got his big old pit bull Diesel, who's the sweetest boy in the world. Uh, he's that, traveling man. around, so we have we have the pit bull's name is Diesel, or he's a Diesel named Pitbull. <laughs> the Pitbull name is Diesel. Yeah. Oh, so it's a dog. It's, it's a dog, not a yeah. truck. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, cool. This is my. This is <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> this is my truck Diesel. 
yeah. it takes so gas. it's a big it's a like you said it's a big lift it's a big uh it's electric yeah. uh, we were talking about this the other day it's it's insane touring is an insane business proposition it's totally it's insane. such an insane lift yeah you have to load all this crazy amount of gear in and set it up for one show and then all right well in the next hour or 90 minutes we get take it all Dude, down man, put yeah. it back into the truck and then we'll drive to another city or state and while you guys sleep, we'll hire this guy who can drive through the night. Let's hope he doesn't crash. Yeah. And we'll do it all again tomorrow and hope people show up. It's an insane thing when you think about it. The, I'm just it is, I'm yeah. tired thinking about yes. it. Yeah. I was tired earlier. You said something else earlier. I was like, I'm tired of thinking about that too. <laughs> but I just get tired. I just kind of get tired a lot. <laughs> no, uh, it, it's it's a precious thing though. Like it, because it is so labor intensive and so expensive and so, you know, fraught with risk. Um it's a rare and beautiful thing and it helps to really uh, help you to be able to pay attention to yeah. those 85 minutes a day and really kind of give give everything that you have to it. Yeah. Yeah. How important is merchandise to you guys on Hugely. tour? Hugely. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Tell me about that. Because we wouldn't be able to yeah. to, 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 to have yeah. a tour yeah. without selling Do you mean financially? Well, anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, creatively, creatively, hugely uh, important. The visual world of the midnight, for sure. Mm -hmm. But financially, it means that we can do this thing. Yeah, like that's real. You know, I think it's been a big change also in in this in the last twenty years. I think it used to be like tour date shirt, mm -hmm. tour date hoodie, album poster, records, hat. You know, yeah. but now you go to people's merch tables and there's like a, a creative expression. Yeah. Um, there's we lots of different shirts and you're kind of like, that doesn't even look like a shirt from the band. I just really like that shirt. Yeah. Um, and it is kind of a more, uh, it looks like a more curated yeah. uh, merchandise experience than it used to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's very intentional. I think it's because yeah. nobody's making money from music anymore. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so we're forcing, we are forced to, to tour more uh, strategically, yeah. Uh, merchandise uh, more strategically and more creatively. Yeah. Are you guys experiencing that? Is that you guys? We have from the beginning. Yeah. That it, it's interesting because um, it, it wasn't. I, I ran all the social media for a long, long time, and and I enjoyed doing it. And then at some point, it just becomes too much for the the, the sort of mental bandwidth to yeah. handle. But but as a result, you know, the visual side of it, you asked about that earlier. Like that's very much me trying to, you know, just infusing my my taste and and in the early days. Mm -hmm. Um that was super fun for me, uh, to marry the visual aspect with the music. But inherently in that, I didn't think about that. But when we started playing, you know, playing tours and started doing merch, I realized that it lends <laughs> the lens it lends itself very well to you know branding or to do the yes. visual side to do t-shirts like obviously when we started in 2012 13 14 that was never even a thought but yeah but that yeah. obviously like if you have a big visual side to your band yeah. and it pops nicely then that translates to posters and fun stuff mm -hmm. and we love doing that stuff and we know it's a big a lot of our uh you know the fans in the community are graphic designers or script writers or you know musicians themselves or cartoon artists or animators you know they do everything and so the the visual side is hugely important for me yeah. uh, for us but but for them as well and so right it's cool to see when they they're picking up what we're putting down that's yeah. right that, that we're honoring their tastes as well doing it excellently yeah, yeah it's important so with all those changes i think it's great because i think people i i'm gonna make up stats and i'm fine doing that because <laughs> this is that's our happening. podcast but i would say people are 75 6% more emotionally connected to the bands that they follow today mm. than they were 20 or 30 years ago. And I think that's in large part due to like social media, mm -hmm. uh, like more holistic creative merchandise. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that, I think that shows are, are different than they used to be. Um, yeah. I think they sound better than oh, they used I to be. So too, yeah. Like I think, I think Sonic, I think it's a more rich, like, like audible experience than mm -hmm. it used to be. And I think that mm -hmm. that provokes um, just a better experience all around. Yeah. But, but I, and I think you guys are, are doing great. I think you guys <laughs> are doing you. really well with that. Thank you. So Thank congratulations. You. I have a question for, um, for budding musicians, you know, that yeah. are, that are pretty talented, uh, pretty creative, good at risk taking, mm -hmm. you know, musical risk management. Um, like, when do you decide to tour? 
I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of people out there. We're gonna throw we're gonna throw tickets out on sale yeah, and right. see what happens. Like, when does somebody right. decide to to take that risk? Good question. I, I'm a I'm good friends with um, a family, and their their daughter is an incredibly talented singer songwriter and she's like 12 or 13 and she's doing great she's writing her first songs and she's putting her stuff out on social media and she's doing a great job but it seems like this generation wants to rush things yeah like really it takes about 10 years of, of distilling your 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 vision before it becomes worth much to yeah. other people and i and i wish that i could just kind of shake i i mean when i first got to la every everybody was just so good at self promotion yeah. and so mediocre at songwriting yeah that i i the cream eventually rises to the top and i think a lot of the question is sort of how long can you suffer in that place where you are finding your voice and mm -hmm. and eating out of a can and if you can do that for a long time then there's there's the the chance that there will be some the chance you know if you're incredibly lucky that there will be some some place for it to fit down yeah. the road. Um, but uh, I mean, f f for me, it was the MySpace generation. I don't yes. know, I don't, SoundCloud's probably long gone, but you, you, the self-promotion aspect needs to happen after you've written a hundred songs. Like it just, it just does. You don't know yeah. what you're doing. Maybe you have one good song after you've written a hundred of them. Yeah. Um, and maybe you have a great one after you've written a thousand of them. But but uh, I, I would I would err on the side of of build your own voice with integrity, with self-awareness and confidence is um, is so apparent, you know, but you don't have confidence until you've just been been kicked around a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say just let it gestate a little more and let it let it become good and compelling and instead of you feeling like you need to send everything and it becomes on you let other people champion your stuff that was how that was how this became a thing mm -hmm. it wasn't us jumping into the fray it was it was really the audience that jumped in and demanded more of it and we said okay yeah yeah it's um you know for i can only speak to us our case, I don't know. I don't know that there is one sort of like, well, here's what you do. Um, but for us, it was we kept getting. Um, there was a guy who kept messaging us on the Facebook, uh, our Facebook thingy uh, years ago, and space space tube space space, space tube. Space. Uh, <laughs> he was or on, our, on our account or whatever. I was running the thing. So he, his name is Devin. He ran this thing, um, this synthwave night, I think, up in Los, uh, in. Uh, uh, San Francisco and he kept wanting first me to come DJ and then it was like can you guys play a show and it never made sense what he could offer us <laughs> obviously wasn't it didn't make sense for Tyler to travel to New York and we had never played live we didn't know what we were doing it was yeah. like, ah. and then it wasn't it wasn't until he suggested what if we did a co-headline with another band called FM84 that we're great fans yeah. of yeah. and friends yeah. with and, we and we'll guarantee guys. that we'll pay for your plane ticket out something like that <laughs> yeah. yeah I think uh, we were promised like $500 something like that nothing but, but it's uh, better than Better than four hundred. That's right. Uh, that's what I say. And we were like, well, maybe that's uh, good enough. Maybe we could sell enough tickets that it could make sense, because we had nothing to base it on before that. And and we were like, because that venue I think is an eight eight hundred cap venue or seven fifty or something like that. No, it was nine hundred people, nine hundred and fifty people. Oh, okay. Well, uh, we had no idea. Well, what draw we had? Like, we, yeah. it was like. Are 50 people going to show up? We don't know. And so, well, we're, if we do a co-headline night with these guys, then maybe we can attract enough that it makes sense. And we'll, yeah. and it, we'll it, lose some money. We'll go up there and we'll, you know, we'll do a rehearsal with our one sax player that we found a week before. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just flying by the seat of it. That was Jesse that we toured with for a couple of years. And it should be said that this is five years into the band. You know, we didn't, yeah, this we is didn't, 2017. We didn't start out intending to tour this thing. Yeah. No, the first EP came in 2014. And so I guess this is uh 2017 was when we first yeah played, so i guess it's one wow. show three years later that, yeah. since that came out but our first tour was 2018 yeah, yeah yeah so anyway we we did that that sold out and we're like holy and then you know tyler's old manager and, uh, and friend and who we still stayed in touch with now our manager justin little lived down the street from me in la at the time and tyler was like you guys should grab a coffee because maybe he can while because he managed people in the indie space at the time and yeah. it wasn't so much a conversation of can you manage us because we we didn't even think about that and i don't think he was thinking about that it was more like a friendly 
gesture and you guys don't know what you're doing yes <laughs> let me help you. you to somebody um so he hooked up and and sort of did the contracts and and sorted out an la show with mm -hmm. us and fm84 again and stuff and that sold out again and that's when and he invited a bunch of people from from the industry and that's when it took shape and we signed with him and then the next year we did a little mini tour in march of 2018 we went to new york and chicago and it was like testing the waters can these guys sell any tickets outside of california and yeah. So it was all testing grounds, and it was the natural next step. Uh, natural next step. There you go. Yeah. And, and so you NNS. can't really plan it, but uh, yeah. that's yeah. kind of how that yeah. shook out for us. I love that. Yeah, so yeah. what I hear is be really good. And <laughs> Try. Be really Try. good first. <laughs> take tech. Be take really time. good first. Yeah. Look for that natural next step. I was talking about natural next step with a guy this weekend. I was at a cross-country race for my son. Oh, that's cool. And I was talking to this guy that owns a local coffee shop. And he was talking about entrepreneurship. And he, he called natural next step. And his words is called the path of peace. Mm. Path it's of like peace. you want to grow mm. and you want to move forward. But you got to just kind of look for the path of peace. You can't like cram anything. Yeah or force anything. Yeah. It's true yeah. what Tyler's saying. I've come across that that mentality of like, oh, I've been grinding it out for two months now. Nothing's happening. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, you can't get any like followers. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I would say make make the process and the end product your 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 goal. Yeah. Make that your friend. Enjoy it. If you enjoy can enjoy it. it. Like that was a huge breakthrough in my early years in Los Angeles. I was going around trying to get a label deal and having, you know, the 23 year old judge whether or not I was worthy yeah. of, of, you know, being, uh, being lifted into this, uh, into this upper echelon. And one day I just realized I have to do this because I enjoy it. And that's, yeah. that's it. If I can do yeah. it, then, I, then I'm getting away with it. And that's the dream. Yeah. Yeah. And also if, if you enjoy it, then that that's that's why you're doing it, and y that's what you can control. You can't control whether you have a massive smash hit or you yeah, get on the radio yeah. or you get signed. Or you, but you can enjoy what the song is you're doing, what you're writing, and the end goal. You can enjoy the pro the process and the product, the end product. Yeah, that's what you can control, and that's what I could control when I was finishing the first EP. And ever since that, it's like I can't control. Maybe people will hate it when it comes out, and. Uh, um, but then that was also freeing for me coming from mm. the sort of major label world and then to this tiny little thing that no one knew it was coming. And I, to some people that might have been, that could have been depressing for a lot of people. Oh, I want to break through. No one knows about this. I was thinking, no one knows about this. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> Freedom. And then, so look yeah. at it. It's all about changing the paradigm, the, the way of of looking at it. It's all about your perspective and your point of view. You, this path of peace uh bit that you said is really, really interesting. Um, everybody talks about flow, but the actual book is amazing. Mihai Cheeks at Mihai, I think is how you say his name. But he talks about the flow state always kind of being... Wait, what's the name of the book? Uh, it's called Flow. Oh. It was the first, it was the first book that came out that, that came up with this concept. And, and now it's, you know, in the water and everybody talks about the flow state. But, uh, but flow is in between anxiety and, and boredom. It's, it's a task that is not too difficult and mm -hmm. not too easy and it's always this kind of the natural progression f forward um and i think that that is you know if, if you are too anxious about the process then you need to slow it down and if you're too bored with the process then you need to speed it up and challenge yourself a little bit but i like this idea of the yeah. path of peace it's a it's in the flow state you know i like this flow state the flow state which is also Either. yeah a good band name Flow state's Flow like state. a big thing, though. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, it's a common saying. Okay. Like, In a lot of like creative self-help books, they they reference the flow state, but it comes from I'm only psychological reading sci-fi. So I, that's <laughs> probably why you're farther I, along than all of us. Probably why I missed yeah. it. No, I would call it behind. But yeah. What what good sci-fi are, are you reading? Uh, so right now I'm reading one called um, Hail Mary. Okay. Wait, that's Andy Weir? Yes. Yeah, cool. Thank you. I haven't he read that one The yet. Martian. Yeah, The Martian and was amazing. Yeah, it, it, so he's wrote a new one called There's an Algae That's Eating Our Stars, local star group, and so they have to figure out what that it is. That old and, problem. Yeah. Oh. You know, star, it, <laughs> star always algae. with the algae. Is it as good as The Martian? Uh, it, I'm not done with it yet. Okay. So right now, yeah. it is... It is, it's, it's excellent. But you know, like it starts like, it just, your brain is so into it. Yeah. You just don't really know how it's going to go. Yeah. You know, is it going to let you down or is it going to be, uh, is it going to bring everything together? Is it going to finish like Lost or is it going to finish like 
something else. He's trying yeah. to get a movie deal out of that book. It's going to finish like a Hollywood ending, I okay. imagine. But uh, I, I, that sounds like uh, it would be a better better deal for my brain than Blood Meridian right now. Listen, <laughs> you got to have both, though. Yeah, you yeah. really do. That's you true. really do. Hey, guys, thank you for being on the show today. Thank, thank you so for much having for having us. This is so thank fun. You, you got. Cool. Um, it's it's fun to make the the human connection. I mean, you guys have been a soundtrack in the office for several years now, That's and awesome. uh, obviously the soundtrack to some of the best sad mo sad mo's that we've ever had i just um, imagine a very sad man just mowing his lawn real slowly it, it, yeah just having a light beer you know. i'm imagining like king it's of the happy, hill it's happy sad, hang from it, king yeah, of the it's hill happy sad, it's you like know? a happy sad which for mo, me is like, so great because i have like I, I my emotions are so hard to reach i have no access to real emotions and so yeah. you're what your it's music called being a man yeah <laughs> no i don't think so i don't think so but what your music does is it gives me quick access to to feeling and it just it's it's a wonderful experience so i'm i'm personally grateful for you guys thank you guys very much for what you do for your your pedals have been on many of our records and we love uh you know being a part of this big creative web where every everything overlaps and we're just love it happy to be in the magic we're just mm-hmm. making paintbrushes, you know? That's right. That's all we're doing. Cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Uh, if you want to know more about The Midnight, just freaking Google it and go from there. <laughs> just so, freaking Google just freaking it. Google yeah. Come on. I would add the band. I would add band at the end just yeah. so you don't a, get a like clock. a bunch of like clock websites. <laughs> <laughs> or like The Midnight Cool. Uh, clock. There we'll, you go. <laughs> we'll come right up. Yo. yo. Awesome. The <laughs> Midnight. Just yeah. anything. I'm also going to just. Trying to be hip and relevant for the youngsters. <laughs> and the cool kids. Yeah. I wonder if there is just like a clock website. Oh my gosh. All right. Hey, thanks guys. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Bye.